Did I scare you? Welcome to Review Without a Cause, the podcast where I review movies and or TV shows and I pretend to know what I'm saying and or doing. What is coming up? The end. Bye. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about the projects that are coming out soonish a little bit. They should have, some of them should have come out already, but because of the global pandemic, they haven't. They've just been chilling in the waiting room instead of going into um, operation. That's a very bad metaphor. But they've been chilling, just been waiting. They've been reading a ton of magazines. They've read Vogue from two months ago, like three times. They're so tired. They want to get out there. And I think they're ready. So today we're going to do a little bit different than what I usually usually do. We're going to talk about six movies that are coming up and why we're all excited that they're coming up. And... Why you should be excited. Not only us, you should be excited too, listener. So I'm going to give you a little snippet of the movie, a little bit of trivia if I find it, um, and maybe um, talk about the actors and why that project is exciting for us and for you now that you've joined my cult. So let's jump into it. The first movie we're going to talk about is Tenet. I think that's how you pronounce it, but to be fair, I don't think anybody knows how to pronounce that movie. Tenet was supposed to come out in June, um, and then they moved it to um, the premiere, they moved it to July, and now they moved it to August. So who's to say when it really comes out? It says, um, it says here that it will be released in August 12th, um, but I think it's at the end of August maybe it will come out, but to be fair... I don't think any of these movies are going to come out anytime soon. So we're going to talk about Tenet a little bit. Tenet, that was meant to come out earlier, so it's late. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry for the joke. Um, Is the new movie from director Christopher Nolan. It's written by Christopher Nolan. And he has a very interesting cast. I'm going to talk about the cast. Um, The lead is John David Washington which is an amazing name. John David Washington is not only an amazing actor, which you might have seen in um, um, Black Klansman, which is a great movie, by the way, came out in 2018. He played Ron Stallworth, who is a black man in the, I want to say 70s or 80s, who infiltrates the Kukuk's clan. Um, Adam Driver is also there, a hilarious movie, really important to watch um, in these times as well. It's all still happening, like Kate Hudson loves to say um, in another movie. Write me if you get what movie it is. Um, So John David Washington plays the protagonist. And I'm not explaining to you that he's the protagonist. He's called the protagonist. Because I think this movie is going to be a bit of meta. So let's read the, um, the description of the movie before we continue with the cast. It says, armed with only one word, Tenet. And fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. So it sounds like time travel, sounds like espionage, sounds amazing. Um, the rest of the cast includes Elizabeth Debicki. You know her because she is gorgeous, but also she is a great actress. She was in Widows in 2018. She played Jordan Baker in The Great Gatsby in 2013. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy. She plays this golden, um, the golden ruler, Ayesha. <laughs> Great pronunciation. 
um recently she played virginia wolf in vita and virginia um so she's done she's been around then we have robert pattinson um he's also in this if you don't know who robert pattinson is you clearly did not follow my tumblr um, these many years ago then we have aaron taylor johnson um and you also know him because he's the protagonist or he was a protagonist in kick-ass and um, that superhero movie that every nerd has seen he was also in Nowhere Boy, where he uh, played John Lennon. He was also in Godzilla in 2014, that movie that nobody saw, um, but somehow was considered a blockbuster, where everybody saw and was disappointed after seeing. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Then we have Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh has been around so much, but um, he's trying to come back somehow. He is the guy... <laughs> So weird to explain to people who Kenneth Branagh is. Kenneth Branagh um, is a British actor who has been nominated for five Oscars. And um, he's tried to bring back many classical works like Hamlet. He did a ton of uh, Shakespeare adaptations. He did Henry VIII. He did Hamlet. He did Much Ado About Nothing. And now lately he's been trying to bring um, Agatha Christie back, which I'm really grateful for. So if you wonder who Kenneth Branagh is, You've recently seen him in Murder on the Orient Express. He plays Hercule Poirot. He's also the director. He has also directed the movie Thor and Thor the second one. And, you know, he's everywhere. Then we have Michael Caine, obviously, because Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine are holding hands. And they just walked into set together. Michael Caine was never told that he was going to work in the film. <laughs> and then we have uh, beautiful Clement Pussy. Clement Clément Poissy, she's French. <laughs> um, you know her because she's been in Harry Potter. She plays Fleur de la Cour. And she's Fleur de la Cour. She's also, I'm so sorry. She's also in, um, what's that movie? Now You See Me. She's in that as well. Is that her? I think so. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it might not be her. I think I think she is. Let's just agree that she is. Um, there's many other actors. Himesh Patel, um, Dimple. Oh, love her. Because my Instagram is at Sarcastic Dimples, a little plug. Um, this actress' name is Dimple Kapadia. Then we have Judy Kolokolnikov. Oh, I said it right. That felt good. Etc. So the, the cast seems to be very, um, very different and very inclusive well to a certain point nowadays um and apparently is the most expensive movie ever made with a black man in the lead uh, i think it was 208 or something million dollars and um kenneth Branagh wasn't sure if christopher nolan was gonna phoenix 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 uh finish the film but um nolan did so he instead of having 10 technicians working on the post-production he brought five to work and he had them wear masks and he social distanced bitch so if christopher nolan has been socially distancing you can do so too this movie people are really excited about it why are people excited about this um people are excited about this because this movie nothing is known about this not even the actors knew a lot about it they could read the I, I think Robert Pattinson was given the script to read like in a room and then had to give it back to see if he was interested or not. Um, they usually have what what um, Christopher Nolan does is before a movie, he like he organized a screening to show pictures like a movie that inspired this 
project, but in this case, he didn't do it. <laughs> they didn't get some free popcorn. This poor, poor cast didn't get it because he wanted them to be inspired by the world of international espionage, and he didn't want to show James Bond. I mean, he did mention, think of James Bond, but that's all he got. No movies were shown. Maybe he didn't want these people just randomly appearing in his house and his huge as cinema, you know. Last time somebody was here, somebody um, dropped the popcorn. It was all salty, and I don't want that anymore. I don't know what Christopher Nolan was thinking, but... Um, yeah, that's why people are so excited. There's not a lot of information out for this. There's been a trailer, but people still wonder what this movie is fucking about. Um, because as we know, Christopher Nolan, he's like the engineer of movie making. He's been called that a few times that he invents, uh, but he gives it a good base and he doesn't just say bullshit. Um, Interstellar would be an example. He goes on with an idea, but he still finds a foundation for it. And he, it's still based on either science or theory or a story um, of some kind. So <laughs> that's why he's called the engineer. Um, or at least I call him the engineer. I think other people do too. Uh, but yeah, that's people are, people are excited to see Tenet. I hope you're too now that you listen to it. And um, we're going to go with our number two contestant. What will it be? What will it be? We'll continue with the episode. Uh, movie two. I don't even know where I am. The second movie we're going to talk about is Black Widow which was supposed to come out um, before that he did, but um, it's going to come out a bit later. But, I mean, join the club. Join the fucking club. Um, now they're in post-production, I think, but we're all very excited to hear it, and let's talk about um, Black Widow a little bit. So the, the original description on IMDb, of course, is um, a film about Natasha Romanoff in her quests between this film, Civil War, and Infinity War. It's directed by Kate Shortland. Uh, if you haven't heard about her, she hasn't. She has not directed big budget movies before. She's been really into the very indie movies, but um, they gave her this chance because they were thinking about making a Black Widow movie, and they wanted her on board, so they had her. Obviously, they're uh, Marvel Studios; they can have everybody they want. Um, so obviously, the movie stars Scarlett Johansson playing Natasha Romanoff or Black Widow, the Hoy. Then we have Florence Pug playing Yelena Belova. Um, this part was really, it's really juicy to be fair. It's like a Marvel movie. So you know that they might get you in another project. And the description, I guess, yeah, you have to be Russian. But they never go, they never do this for real. So Scarlett Johansson is not Russian, is she? Um, Scandinavian, I think she is. So for the character of Yelena Belova, they thought about Emma Watson even. They thought about, um, I don't know, all the usual young girls on Hollywood right now. And they were deciding on Watson. But imagine that. That would have been so cool. But they um, decided on Florence Pug, which I love. I love her. I want to be her. I wish I had her voice. Anyway, today, <laughs> I'm so tired of saying, like, anyway, today, uh, it's just stuck on my brain. The next in the line is Robert Downey Jr., it's rumored, rumored to play Tony Stark. We don't know if he's gonna, um, but, you know, you can only hope. Then we have Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz, Rachel Weisz. Let me know if you get that reference. Um, it's playing Melina Vostokov. You know Rachel Weisz because you're in love with her, like me. Rachel Weisz, she's, uh, she's been in a few movies, most of them. 
are indie. Some of them are popular. So this would be a great step for her. She played um, the short-sighted woman in the movie The Lobster in 2015. Then she played Lady Sarah in The Favorite. And I, she didn't win the Oscar, but she was nominated for it. Then we have... She played uh, in Oz, you know, the movie Oz, that movie that was really weird. She, like I said, she's been in, like, more indie stuff, The Lovely Bones, The Deep Blue Sea. She played in Agora. She played uh, the leading role. Then she was in The Brothers Bloom. Um, she's been around. She has experience, and she's great, and she's good-looking, and oh, my God. Uh, then we have David Harbour. Harbour. He plays Alexei Shostakov or the Red Guardian. Um, and David Harbour, you know, because he plays... Um, oh, my God. He's in Suicide Squad, which I didn't know. He plays Dexter, Dexter Tolliver. He's obviously in Stranger Things. He plays Jim Hopper. Um, if you didn't know, he's um, the sheriff. <laughs> he um, was also in Revolutionary War. Uh, Revolutionary War? Revolutionary Road, um, and he's been in a few things, but she's mostly known for the Stranger Things. Um, and then we have, what kind of a cast? That's really interesting. Then we have William Hurt, um, which he plays Thaddeus Ross. Then we have other people, which I do not recognize, but I might as well say some names. O.T. Fagbling, oh my God, O.T. Fagbenley. Violet McGraw, Olivia Richters, uh, Michel, Michel, oh my god, I'm totally in German status, Michelle Lee, Ahmed Bakarem, and I'm just gonna stop talking because you get it. So this movie is really exciting because they've been waiting for this project for so long. The first time that Black Widow was introduced was 10 years ago, people. Why are people so excited for this movie? Because it's been 10 years since we saw Black Widow and it's taking so long for them to finally give her a solo project because obviously Marvel was scared that a female-led superhero movie wouldn't do as well. But then Wonder Woman from DC came up and uh, it was a hit. So Marvel thought, you know what? Yeah, let's fucking do this, bitch. I don't think Marvel swears because they're owned by Disney, but you get the point. And... I'm gonna do some spoilers, so if you're not interested, please stop or just jump 15 seconds in the future. Um, anyway, since Black Widow died, um, bam, bam, in, what's it called, Infinity War or Endgame? In Endgame, then people want to know more about her because they feel like it was kind of unfair that we didn't get to see her more. Um, and since she sacrificed herself, I think it's also important that we see more of her story because we're never gonna get to see it again <sighs> so i'm really excited about this because could have been so great to see her grow and this is a chance just a little spin-off to see her grow and see where she comes from um and see how they all tied up together that would be great to see maybe florence Pugh's character joins the second second wave of marvel is it the fourth i don't even know 2.0 um new version of marvel let's just say i'd be excited to know so let's go into the other movie the third movie that should have come out a month ago or more 
Uh, it was one of the first big premieres to be postponed. And people are sad, but also this franchise has been dead for so long that people are just like, okay, with this at some point, you know, there's just no time to die. <laughs> there's no time. I sing so well. And um, James Bond's soundtrack is definitely by me. And no time to die. 007. <laughs> Um, this movie was supposed to come out a long ago, but it hadn't because of coronavirus. Like I said, first major movie to move its premiere because of um, coronavirus. So we're really excited to hear about this. Let's listen. Let's listen because I'm going to read it for you. Um, the description. James Bond has left active service. What? No way. His piece is short-lived within Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond into the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Okay, so far so good. It's pretty, pretty basic. <laughs> um, the director is Kari, Kari Joji Fukunaga. Let's take a look at Kari. Mm, who is he? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. That's great. So he's been a writer in the movie It in 2017. He's also been a producer in the show Maniac in 2018. I love that show. And he's been, he has a few director credits, but there are no major movies. He directed Jane Eyre that, from 2011, which is one of my favorite uh, adaptations for Jane Eyre. Love some period drama connection. Love it. Um, let's talk about the cast. So obviously Daniel Craig is going to be playing James Bond. He's the third oldest guy to play James Bond ever. I think first was uh, Roger Moore, then obviously Sean Connery, gorgeous, ages like fine wine, and then Daniel Craig, who I think is 51. Then we have Ana de Armas, which is he's, she's going to play Paloma, and she's the first Latino woman to be a James Bond girl. Yes, a Bond girl, sorry. Yes, girl, Anna, go get it. Somebody come get her. She's dancing like a stripper. Um, apparently, Janet Craig chose Anna de Armas after filming with her Knives Out. If you haven't seen Knives Out, I review it. Uh, Anna was in it. Daniel Craig was in it. So they say, or it's said, that Daniel um, officially picked, like, personally picked Anna because he was like, she's great. Get her. I'm not going to sing it again. <laughs> I really want to. Then we have Lea Seydoux. Uh, returning back her role as Madeleine Swan. Then we have Rolf Fiennes, who's going to play M because Judi Dench doesn't have time for this anymore. Then we have Christoph Waltz. They say that he's going to come back as, uh, you know, he was the villain in Spectre. Um, so he's back. Guess who's back? It's Christoph Waltz. Then we have Rami Malek, who plays Safin, which um, the rumor is also a villain. And Naomi Harris as, as Money Penny again. Jeffrey Wright, it's Felix Leiter. Jeffrey Wright, um, if you don't know who he is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him or where you might have seen him. Uh, you definitely you definitely saw him in the Hunger Games, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, Westworld. He was in Westworld. He plays Bernard Lowe. Maybe that's why you know him. And he's going to be in, on, in one of the other movies that we're going to talk about today. Isn't that interesting? Um, and... The rest of the cast is um, Billy Magnussen. Yes, Billy Magnussen. Yes, I'm the biggest. I'm the biggest fan. 
Billy Magnuson, if you haven't heard, if you haven't joined the church with me, Billy Magnuson has been around for forever and he's been getting really kind of stuff done lately. You wouldn't think, like, you don't think about him, but once you see him and you get him, you're like, yes. He was, he had a small role in the big short in 2015, but he wasn't very, like, famous. Then he wasn't into the woods. He played the Rapunzel's Prince in 2014, like, back in the day, dude. He was in Breach of Spies. He was Game Night, one of the movies I've already reviewed. He was in Aladdin. He was also in Maniac, by the way, the show that was produced by the director of this movie. He was in Black Mirror. I just, that guy has been around and I'm so proud and I am excited to see him, see what he does next. Then we have Ben Whishaw. He plays Q. He's the guy who's skinny and British and, you know. If you wonder who Ben Whishaw is, he was also in The Lobster. He played Michael Banks in um, Mary Poppins Returns. He's the creepy guy, Jean-Baptiste Grenouille. In 26, in 2006, sorry, he plays a creepy guy from The Perfume. That's probably how you know him. Probably they made you watch the movie in like German class like they did with me and you recognize him because he's the creepy guy from The Perfume. He was also, um, he had a role in the movie David Copperfield in 2019. Um, and he's been in, I don't know, a very British scandal, which is a mini series that came out in 2018. He, amazing guy, great guy uh london spy great show netflix <laughs> take a look then we have rory kinnear which he somehow has a link to every british thing produced ever rory kinnear rory kinnear he's been in the james bond franchise for a while he's he's always played tanner he's been in skyfall and quantum of solace um he had a recurring character in penny dreadful and he was also in the imitation game and he was in Catherine the Great. I talked about her last week. And, you know, he's been around as well. And there's other people, but I honestly do not have the strength in my voice to talk about everybody. So No Time to Die is the most expensive James Bond movie to date. $2,000. Could you believe it? $2,000 for a James Bond movie. Uh, $250 million. Yeah. Should I say it again? Two. Five zero million dollars for this movie. It's also the longest movie today, which makes me think that they wasted a lot of time and money on effects and locations. And they were like, bitch, we went to Barbados. We're going to show that snippet of James Bond flirting in Barbados because we paid blah, blah, blah dollars for it. So it has to be in the movie. Also product placement because James Bond movies are, they're the place for it. They're the perfect moment for product placement. If it's watches, it's watches. If it's beer, beer. If it's a gin, it's a kind of alcohol, great. If it's a car, we love it. I have a friend who wrote actually a movie. A movie? What? My friend is um, Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Uh, no, my friend wrote a paper about product placement in James Bond movies because there's a ton of them and every time a new James Bond movie comes out like Mont Blanc or some bullshit like that will come up with a collection for the movie which is like adding blue to a normal pen or a watch where you have a little gun inside the you know the dial <laughs> no oh my god anyway no time to die why are we excited because it's the last final 
movie of Daniel Craig playing James Bond. We do not know what's coming up next. We're very excited to see what's going to happen and who's going to take over. Also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, has writing credit. If you don't know who Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, she is a writer and also an actress. She was she is a writer in um the movie Solo. Oh wait, no, 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 no. She's acting in the movie Solo, but she does like a voice of the robot, uh, like a fem- feminist like robot. She is an actress and the writer in Fleabag. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's an Amazon Prime video. And then she's a writer on Killing Eve. She started out in shows like Crushing, who is also available on Netflix in 2016 that was it um and she's been crushing it <laughs> ever since she was also a little bit in broke church and it's just good stuff good stuff um she has a lot of like a lot of future not even only as a writer but as an actress as well because she's adorable and she went to snl and you should look at her um look at her little monologue at the beginning because she is really funny <laughs> She is hilarious. Um, so that's Philly Willowbridge. And that's why people are also excited. Like the girls are excited because they know the Philly, the Philly, <laughs> Phoebe Willowbridge is going to deliver something great. And she's clever and fresh. And it's going to bring a f- breath of fresh air basically to this very kind of dusty franchise. Also, Ana de Armas is really gorgeous. And she has a lot of fans as well. And people are excited to see a Latina Bond girl. And we're excited to see what happens next with Bond. And we want to see Daniel Craig. Although the guy is like, it's really difficult to stay in shape. But just, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. He's complained a few times that he cannot keep up with the physical demanding of the movies. So it makes sense that he decides to, you know, stop. He says he's going to miss it. But (laughs) I think he's scared of like breaking a leg or something. Um, but the cast is great. Rami Malek also has been a lot in the spotlight because of um, Bohemian Rhapsody and the Oscar he won. So we're also excited to see him play a villain, which I think we haven't seen yet. So that's why we're all very excited to watch um, No Time to Die. Also, Billy Magnuson. I know nobody cares about him, but I do. I'm a Billy girl. I'm a Billy girl. Billy girl. Put that face in your wall. It's from Drag Race. I've been watching a lot of Drag Race. Um, okay, let's go to the next movie. It's gonna be fantastic. God. Okay, let's talk about the Batman 2021. So it's not gonna come out this year. Um, it's supposed to come out in October 2021, but people have started talking about it. And who knows how long this global pandemic is going to go on. So um, I included it because it is coming up. And eventually, maybe in October 2021, we'll be able to go to the cinema normally without a mask. So fingers crossed. This is kind of a hopeful, hopeful choice. So the plot is unknown because obviously it's filming right now as we speak. As we speak, Robert Pattinson is making a ridiculous voice. As we speak, he's carrying this little cape. And walking away and being angry and hating bats as we speak. Um, it's directed by Matt Reeves. If you don't know who Matt Reeves is, then you're also me. Because I don't know who that guy is. But apparently, he has done a ton of stuff. He's mostly done producing. Um, he has produced 
Oh my god, okay. He's produced the War of, for the Planet of the Apes from 2017. He's produced, um, let me see what else. I'm sorry, I'm indirected. He directed the War for the Planet of the Apes. He directed the Dawn for the Planet of the Apes. He directed Let Me In. He directed um, all the little things, but the most famous ones are the Planet of the Apes movies, which I really am not into. Like, I don't care at all. I have to say, I don't care about monkeys talking. I can't look in the mirror, I'm fine. Um, then we have the cast. The cast is really interesting. It's one of the most interesting things because they say that um, this movie is going to include at least seven villains. That's what they say. So I'm going to start with the cast. Hold on, sit down. Are you sitting down? If you're cooking or something great for you, um, don't burn the, the stove. Don't burn the, the pot like I did. Oh my God, that's embarrassing. Um, just turn the fire off sit down and i'll tell you okay so we have colin farrell fuck me up god yas playing the penguin which the last time we saw the penguin was a long time ago um and people are excited to see the, i mean obviously we saw him in the show the Go gotham but it's, it hasn't been in a movie penguin hasn't been in a movie in a while um so colin farrell oh my god i'm talking about lobster so much today but he's the protagonist of the lobster um in 2015 he's also the protagonist of the movie in bruges in bruges i've been to bruges it's beautiful by the way from 2008 he has been in uh, fantastic animals somewhere to find them he plays graves you remember him because then johnny depp turned like he turned into johnny depp and everybody was disappointed he was in the second season i believe of true detective he's i mean he's been around you know what i mean he's You know who Colin Farrell is, and if you don't, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know he is. He's iconic. Then we have Robert Pattinson, obviously, playing Batman. I've already talked about him today, today in this meeting, so I'm not going to talk about him again. Catwoman is going to be played by Zoe Kravitz, which is a great choice, in my opinion. She's going to be the third African-American woman to play Catwoman. First Eartha Kid. Then Halle Berry, obviously, in the iconic movie Catwoman. And then we have Zoe Kravitz. I think she also made the voice for Catwoman for the Lego movie. So that's great. Zoe Kravitz has also been in a ton of products like Mad Max, Fury Road, and Divergent for some reason, X-Men First Generation, Big Little Lies, the TV series that's so iconic, the new TV series from Hulu, High Fidelity. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's great. She's been um, in Fantastic Animals and Where to Find Them. She played Letta Lestrange. She's been in... Oh my God. She's been in... Good Kill. She's been in Californication. My God. Um, she's been in a ton of stuff. She has the connections. And she has the talent, I'd say. She's also a talented musician, if anybody cared. Uh, but yeah, she's gonna play Catwoman. I think it's gonna suit her. I hope she has like the short hair. I hope she keeps the the tattoos he has. They're so go they're so gorgeous. Then we have the Riddler, who hasn't been in a movie in a while, and it's played by Paul Dano. Paul Dano is the most underrated actor in Hollywood. Paul Dano, if you don't know who he is, he remember that brother in in Little Miss Sunshine who wanted to be a pilot, but then turned out that he was colorblind. That's him. Do you know that guy in the movie Love and Mercy from 2014 that's about the Beach Boys? 
that was him in the past. Do you remember that guy in 12 Years a Slave that was really a bitch and had like glasses on? That was him. Do you remember? <laughs> um, he was also in Alkia. He played Pierre Besukov in War and Peace, the adaptation from 2016. He was also in Swiss Army Man. He's played a lot of like indie movies like Ruby Sparks. My cousin loves that movie. Um, ever since he was little, he played... Um, He's been an actor. So, you know, good for him. I'm happy for him. He almost won an Oscar, I think, or they were campaigning for an Oscar for Love and Mercy, but obviously he didn't get it, I think. Well, no, obviously, the poor guy. Then we have Alfred Pennyworth. is going to be played by Andy Serkis, which is a ridiculous choice, in my opinion. I mean, we went from Michael Caine, which is obviously the obvious, to um, Jeremy Irons, which was the hottest Alfred we've ever seen. I'm sorry, I don't regret talking about this. Uh, and then we have Andy Serkis, who obviously was uh, in War for the Planet of the Apes because he plays um, Caesar. So he is this kind of actor. Well, it's the one actor who specializes in these movements. He was Gollum, okay? He's Gollum. Gollum is going to be Alfred. Alfred is Gollum. Gollum is Alfred. Uh, he was also in Black Panther. Um, I don't know. I mean, his, his performance was okay, but... The movie wasn't about him. <laughs> in Black Panther, he plays Ulysses Claw. And then he's been in other things, apparently. <gasps> oh, I just saw that there's going to be uh, Adventures of Tintin, a sequel. Oh, my God. That's going to be great. He played Supreme Leader Snoke in Star Wars The Force Awakening. First news I have of that, by the way. I did not hear about this, but I'm not surprised. Um... And, you know, the guy, he's the one who has the points on his face. <laughs> he's the one who's always making weird faces. But somehow when he acts normal, he acts normal. Then we have Jeffrey Wright. We've already mentioned before. I've heard the... <laughs> my, face, my, my voice is running out. James Gordon. He plays... Um, what is he called? Like, Lieutenant? No. Detective Gordon? No, it's more than that. Anyway... He plays um, that guy, Gordon, in, in Batman. The one that is played by Sirius Black in the Christopher Nolan Batman sh muse uh, like movies. Then we have Peter Skarsgård, who plays District Attorney Gil Coulson. I have no fucking clue who the hell he is. Like, I don't know who this Gil Coulson is. I'm sorry, I'm not a comic book um, nerd. Uh, but then we have Max Carver, who I'm really excited. And Charlie Carver. They are the twins who always play twins. They're actually twins. Like, there's two of them. Uh, they were in Teen Wolf for a while. Then they were in um, Desperate Housewives for a while. And they were in Victoria. I, I just can't with these people. Like, usually they do, like, this dumb... TV stuff, like, you know, but I'm very proud of them. They're getting more stuff done. Um, and other people that I'm not going to list because I'm running out of voice. So why, this why are people so interested in the Batman? It's because um, Robert Pattinson is a very odd choice. And apparently he's had been interested in playing Batman for a while. And he's, like, ever since he was little, he was reading the comics. At least that's what they all say, isn't it, when they get casted. But he says that he loves Batman and that he um, he wanted to play it. So 
I'm glad that he got to play it. Um, then the director has said that he's the movie is gonna be like a little bit of a detective slash like little snippet of stories if I understood it right. Maybe I didn't. Um, it's based or the director has said that the Long Halloween which is the Batman comic, is kind of an influence in the film. It's kind of a detective story, and, um, you know, that's what I love. So I'm kind of excited about this. Also, the fact that there's going to be a great cast and so many villains, although sometimes having too many villains can fuck up your movie. You should know. Um, I don't know who I'm talking to. You should know. But you should know, though, you know? Um, And then... People are really just interested because there's not that much information out. It just came as a surprise that Robert Pattinson wanted to play Batman because, I don't know, he's just Robert Pattinson from Twilight. Uh, but we're really excited. We haven't we haven't said anything bad about him. I'm really excited. I've never said, like, oh, no. I am really interested because I think he's finally getting to do what he wants to do. Suddenly he was gone for a while, but now he's back. And we couldn't be more excited. Oh my god, I'm tired. Mm. And that's it. And that's the tea. Um, let's talk about is it just two more movies, people? Two more movies and we're done. Oh my god, are you as tired? Are you as tired as I am? This is like a big presentation in school. Okay, let's jump into the new movie. New movie, next movie. Not out yet. That's the whole point. Um, waiting close to the end, but the next one is gonna be crazy it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna blow us all away and now we're talking about in the heights that that was a joke before like blows all the way there was a hamilton reference because in the heights is another musical written by our beautiful our gorgeous our handsome of a man talented mm, delicious lin-manuel miranda Woo! Um, so Lin-Manuel Miranda, if you didn't know, he starred and wrote and directed and wrote the script for and whatever, Hamilton. He's a creator. He birthed Hamilton. He cried, he yelled, but he finally birthed it. And he had another musical that he wrote called In the Heights. And it's, um, it's been filmed as a movie. So it's very different. Now that the Hamilton, it's out in, um, Disney Plus, by the way, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, I cried, I got goosebumps, it was horrible, um, but fantastic at the same time. He's going to bring In the Heights to the screen. He's not going to be directing the movie. Uh, John M. Chu is going to be directing the movie. Uh, John M. Chu, like I always say, if you didn't know who he is, he directed Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. <laughs> but he also directed Now You See Me Too. He directed G.I. Joe street dance or step up too if you want to call it that so he's done a lot of stuff but i mean in the heights it's gonna be good stuff it's just gonna have potential it's gonna have Lin-Manuel miranda um so the description of the movie is a feature version of the broadway musical in which a bodega owner has mixed feelings about closing his store and retiring to the demonica Dominican Republic where the demon lives Santaning. Dominican Republic after inheriting his grandmother's fortune um, this time Limanon Miranda is not playing the protagonist um, instead Anthony, Ra- Anthony Ramos is going to play the protagonist Usnavi de la Vega listen 
that's a family name. Vega is a family name for me. I feel so connected. Um, but Anthony Ramos, Ramos, if you didn't know, he was also in Hamilton. He played Philip, like the little, the little. He played John Lawrence, John Lawrence. He played John Lawrence and he played Philip Hamilton. So he plays the, they both died for him, you know. Spoiler, but also it's history. Then we have Stephanie Beatriz. Oh my God. Stephanie Beatriz is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She plays Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. And I'm so glad she got to do some of the stuff. I'm so excited to see her in the Heights. They know she could sing. Excited for it. Excited. Then we have Jimmy Smith, who um, he plays <laughs> um, Amy Santiago's dad. But in this movie, he plays somebody else. So it's like the whole Brooklyn Nine-Nine peeps are here. So excited. Then we have Melissa Barrera. Sorry for the accent, but not sorry. Melissa Barrera, I think she's done a few other things, but it's mostly like in South America. Like like um, soap operas or um, just movies for TV or something. I could say the titles if you want, like... Club de Cuervos, Perseguidos, Tanto Amor, Siempre Tuya, Acapulco, <laughs> gorgeous. I'm excited for that as well. Then we have Corey Hawkins. Um, Corey Hawkins, if you didn't know he is, he played um, Dr. Dre, sorry, in Straight Outta Compton. He was also in the movie Kong, which was horrible and you don't have to watch. He was also in The Black Klansman playing Kma. And then he was uh, in Iron Man 3 doing a little little role um, as a Navy op officer or operational. So he's been a little, he has a little bit of a... Oh, he's going to play Macduff in the tragedy of Macbeth. Macbeth. Macbeth? Macbeth. Macduff is a great, um, it's a great role. And then we have Tasha, Dasha Polanco. And I know Dasha Polanco because she was in Orange is a New Black. And she played, um, <laughs> let me look for the character, Dayanara Diaz. She's the one who gets pregnant with um, the that guy's baby. The one who gets pregnant, dude. I don't know what to tell you. That's the only one, I think. I haven't finished Orange is the New Black. Some, at some point, I just gave up. Um, but you know who she is. Gorgeous, talented, iconic. <laughs> I'm just going to say that about everybody. Mark Anthony is in this. What? Mark Anthony, if you didn't know who he is, he's Jennifer Lopez's ex-husband, and he is, he's just iconic, I love his music, he, he cheers me up so much, there's a part in a song where he says, my English is not very good looking, it, somebody else, he's quoting somebody else, but I think that line at the end of the song is so iconic, so as you know, as you see, this movie's gonna be like, Nice brown South, uh, South American, yeah, South American station. Um, there's a few white people, I think, but it's, I mean, it's supposed to be about um, bodega owner, a Dominican bodega owner who's like, should I go back or should I stay here in New York? New York, so who's to say what's gonna happen? I think it's great that they're finally making this. Um, it was supposed to happen in 2011, but then, um, it got canceled and then in 2012 when Hamilton started picking kind of picking up I think I don't know when Hamilton came out um then 
Lee-Manuel Miranda was like, I'm pulling this through. It's it's going to happen. Lee-Manuel Miranda is going to play a little cameo. It says here he's going to play the Piragua guy. Uh, a Piragua is, um, what's it called? <laughs> a Piragua is a Piragua. A Piragua is, um, Jesus, canoeing. It's a canoe. It's a, uh, <laughs> you go canoeing? The canoe? The canoe? The canoe, it's a piragua. At least that's what I understand as the, uh, under piragua. I, but I don't know, maybe not, maybe that's not what it means. Um, so that's the movie. And why are people excited to see it come up? Because if Hamilton exploded the way it did, imagine what's going to happen within the Heights, which is an actual movie. Like, you don't have to um, try to, f- like, find, re- like, people filming stuff online illegally. You don't have to listen to the soundtrack and just imagine how it would look like you don't have to imagine um the face of angelica when she's saying um when she's singing satisfied like you can just see it on the screen so that's why people are excited about in the heights because they've never seen really um lima-noel miranda musical come to life as a movie before so we're excited about this we have one last one it's a big ass production people are going crazy about it the cast is great and let's one, la, one last push and like lima no miranda you'll give birth to a beautiful hamilton but in this case would be just this episode come on you can do it the final movie is dune dune is coming this year it's in post-production right and now as we speak there's thousand that's under corona there's like three people at um, a very safe distance editing this movie as we speak. It's expected to come out December 27th. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's expected to come out December 17th, 2020. 2020! So people are very excited about it. And I'm so excited about it. I just burped. Sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about Dune. It's a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy um this is one of a thousand adaptations of the the book dune dune has been adopted dude dune dude dune dune <laughs> this has been adapted to so many things sorry i was very rudely interrupted by the other person who lives here. How dare he get home? How dare he come home without letting me know while I'm filming, while I'm recording? Rude. Anyway, Dune has been adapted to movies, to TV series, to so many things because I'm going to talk a little bit about the book, Dune, and about the storyline and what it means for all of us. Okay. So the movie Dune, like I said, I think I kind of mentioned it, but Dune is a science fiction novel, and it was written in 1965, though, a long fucking time ago. And you would think a novel from 1965, it's already over, like a science fiction novel by this point, that's how they picture the future, like things flowing and like flying taxis and like, I don't know. But um, it it has survived the time somehow because um, what... Even though it's a science fiction novel, there's not much technology involved. According to the author Frank Herbert, he removed all technology from the storyline, kind of, partially, because he wanted to talk about how people 
behave. He wanted to talk about humanity and he wanted to talk about blah, 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 blah. he wanted to talk about politics and he didn't want to talk about the future of humanities technology. Like he wanted to focus on how people would uh, develop and they would behave, etc. Um, some people say that the Dune is the best science fiction novel ever written, and they compare it to The Lord of the Rings. That's why I mean it's a big name, and some people might have heard about it, but other people have no fucking clue what you hell what the hell you're talking about. Um, the channel, remember the channel Sci-Fi, uh, they adopted Dune for a miniseries, and I mean. It is a science fiction, but at the same time, people just see it as classic storytelling. Like, there's a protagonist, and there's a story, and there's certain things that you have to go through. It's like the Harry Potter, like the hero journey. There's so many topics, though, that are um, mentioned or they're um, kind of dealt with in Dune. There's stuff like environmentalism and, and ecology, because they talk about the planets and how they deal with that. Um, and then they talk about empires and how they fall and they make references to the to ancient Rome. And then we have Middle Eastern and Islamic references because um, they have like this Islamic undertones and themes that keep appearing. And there's names and words that come from other languages like Hebrew, Navajo, Latin um, or dialects or Persian and all that. So that's um, very interesting then. Apparently... Uh, gender dynamics it's also somehow mentioned uh, because I mean they're not portraying sometimes they're not there's a character specifically I'm not gonna spoil anything but they're very seen in a very interesting way um, because she's a woman but then she's struggling to maintain power in um, a patriarchy basically which is all of us to be honest um and then there's some religion in there. So it has everything. Dune, June got an A, the exam and the test. And they said it was iconic. And they said it was original. And they put a smiley sticker and a star sticker on the test. And that's how Dune was done. The, this movie is going to be directed. So this adaptation coming up. It's going to be directed by Denis Villeneuve. If you've heard of him or if it rings a bell, it's because he's directed Blade Runner 2049. He directed The Arrival. He directed Incendies. Um, Sicario, he also directed. He, oh, he's moving, he's making a Cleopatra production. I'm very excited about that. Who's going to play Cleopatra? I don't know. My God. Anyway. Uh, he directed the movie Enemy. So all his movies have kind of an um, undertone or like a deeper meaning. So it makes sense that he would do Dune. We're going to talk about the cast because it's one of the most important things. I do not know the characters very well. So I'm just going to go through them um, and just mention the actors. We have Timothy Chalamet as the protagonist, Paul Atrey. I don't know how to pronounce this thing because it's a language of its own. Atreides. Paul Atreides, Atreides, I don't know. Uh, he's the protagonist and he's the son that they mentioned in the description. He's the son of the noble family. So basically this family, they have to protect this material that's used for, um, I think it's called like spark, like spice, thank you. It's like a spice that is like a drug that extends life and that enhances mental abilities. And then also that drug kind of like, um 
it helps you multi-dimensional like travel space navigation i don't know dude that drug that spice is the drug is the shit Mm -mm -mm. give me some um so that's why he's trying to protect then we have rebecca ferguson played in lady jessica that i mentioned before rebecca ferguson my god my spanish came through rebecca ferguson she you know because she was in mission impossible she's been in a while she plays ilsa faust um she's been in doctor sleep she um is also been in men in black international a little match girl the greatest showman she plays jenny lind she was also in florence foster jenkins and she can sing and she's gorgeous great actress beautiful face very subtle somehow then we have dave bautista which you know because first of all he was a wrestler and you're scared of him but then he plays drax in guardians of the galaxies so he's made of gold and that's the end um so he's really funny but i don't know what character he plays glossu beast raban so he doesn't sound very funny then we have sendaya my baby she plays chani looks if you don't know who sendaya is bitch i don't know who you've been where you've been, what you've been, who you've been. Sandaya has been in The Greatest Showman as well, playing Annie Wheeler. She's plays um, MJ in Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. And she also um, stars in the TV show Euphoria. Take a look, it's a great show. Um, and then she's been, like, she's a Disney movie kind of girl. She's a Disney Channel girl. And then we have, who else is here? Hey, who else is here? You enter a party, you're like, who else is here? Jason Momoa is here. Jason Momoa? Yeah. Um, Jason Momoa, obviously, he's the Aquaman. And he plays Aquaman. He also plays Conan the Barbarian. Good for him, in 2011. But you know him because of Aquaman and Justice League and being huge and good looking then we have Josh Brolin Josh Brolin you've seen him even if you don't want to see him by the way he liked my selfie so we're pretty much engaged um Josh Brolin you know him because he plays Thanos so you probably hate him he plays Thanos in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and he plays leveling Moss in No Country for Old Man and he also plays He's also in Sicario. He's Cable in Deadpool 2. He is... He's also in Ave Cesar. Um, he's also an, an inher inherent... What's it called? Inherent Vice. So he's also everywhere. Stellan Skarsgård. He plays Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Then we have... Well, Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, he's... That guy. He's, he was also in an Avenger movie, by the way. Um, then we have Oscar Isaac, you know, because of Star Wars, he plays Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, 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 damn it, am I saying right? Damn it, Dameron. He plays Duke Leto Atreides, Atreides, once again, we don't know. Javier Bardem is here, Charlotte Rampling is here, she's an iconic uh, actress, she's been working for many years. Then we have other people, I'm just going to say their names, okay? My God, they have complicated names. David Dasmalkian. It feels like they're making up names just for the movie. Stephen McKinley Henderson. Uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster. Why do they have like three parts? 
Cheng Chang. Okay, that's kind of funny and easy. Um, Babs Olusamokun. Oh my god, guys, you're making my life impossible. Um, but that's why everybody's so excited to see Dune because it's been adapted a few times and the casting looks so fucking great. And I think we want a bit of refreshment of, um, oh my god, it's a bit of a refreshment for like science fiction movies where everything's about like the new technology is coming up and how we invented this to blah blah blah. And this one is like no technology, just you're in a Dune, just like Mas Palomas, where it come from in Gran Canaria. There's, like, many, many dunes and you're, like, by yourself. People use it to have sex, but, like, you can also look at it longingly and just stand on it. The Hans Zimmer is going to compose a movie, which is going to be great. Um, he actually turned down the movie Tenet, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, to score this film. He turned it down, even though he always works with Christopher Nolan. And he said no. Apparently, Emma Roberts was considered for uh, playing... The- Role of Princess Irulan, but she said no because she was so busy. Where is she though? I don't know what she's doing. She should have said yes. Peter Jackson said that he was interested in making an adaptation. Like I said, that connection between Lord of the Rings and Dune, but it didn't happen. So I know there's a lot of connections between Sicario as well, obviously, and um, the cast in Sicario, which is a few of them are repeating. Um, their experience with the director, their little crew, the little cool. So we're very excited about this movie because because it's an iconic movie for the people who love the book, for the people who love the adaptations, for the fans of these um, people who are so famous because they couldn't have chosen a more famous cast in a way. I'm very interested, very var- like very different. Um, there's a little bit of everything which I kind of like. But still, the protagonist is Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> no shade. No Tino shade. But skinny white boy being the protagonist. Which, I mean, I'm cool with. We're all cool with it, aren't we? Timothy is okay. Like, if they have chosen any other skinny boy, we would be like, um, no, that's not okay. But he's kind of edgy in a way. So we're good with it, right? Do we agree? I hope you're nodding with your head or something, because otherwise I, I'm not sure. Anyway, that's the last movie I wanted to talk about. That's what's coming up. What do you think? Was it good? Was it too long? I think it was too long. I'm running out of... I don't have a voice anymore. Um, but if you want to tell me what movie's coming up and I haven't mentioned, you can definitely contact me on Instagram. You can write me at Sarcastic Dimples. You can write me at Review Without a Podcast. You can write me an email if you feel like writing a letter or you just want to pretend you're working and you just open your email and you're like, I'm just going to send this. Um, you can write me at reviewwithoutcause at gmail.com and you can sponsor me on Patreon, but just, you know, just donate to Black Lives Matter or something that's really interesting right now and worth it, to be fair, um, instead of going to patreon.com slash reviewwithoutacause because it's not really worth it. Um, so yeah, I'm here. I'll be here a week. Let me know. Bye-bye.